Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. You know, last week, if you were here, if you were here, could just show a hand, anybody who was here last week. And remember last week, we started talking about rest. And and if you if you came and you weren't resting and and you came and you heard that message of rest and you actually got some rest this week, can I hear an amen? amen. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, right? I was hoping that that we we stepped into a place of rest. You know, last week we we dove into this subject and really what we talked about was was just resting in general, that God actually created us as beings, as human beings, to rest. He created us for rest. He created us to need rest. That we are not supposed to just work and work and work and keep working. No, but that we're actually supposed to take a day called a Sabbath, a Sunday, a Saturday, a Friday, whenever you need it, 24 hours, and actually rest, trusting that God will do what he said he will do. Today, I want to continue that idea, but I really, instead of talking about rest from a physical standpoint, I want to talk to you about rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Rest in your soul. Rest in the realm of your thinking. Rest in the realm of your emotions and your will. How many of you would, how many of you would like some rest in your thinking? <laughs> we could just slow down our mind, slow down our thought life. How are we supposed to live in a place of rest? How are we supposed to deal with the stress and the pressures and in the worry that seems to surround our life? You know, an interesting study came out is in 2018, the American Psychological Association, they measure stress in America, and this is what they said. Today's generations are, mo- are the most anxious in all of history. That means the people living right now, us, we are the most anxious people to ever walk the face of the earth. We are worried about everything. Let me say it this way. There, there's a modern day plague going around the world and it's called worry. We're worried about our 401k. We're worried if we're going to have enough money when we retire. We're worried about how long we might have to work. We're worried about our kids. We're worried if our birthday is going to be Pinterest worthy. We are, we are, we're worried, worried about everything, anxious stressed, you name it. I think every person in the room could relate and say, yeah, I tend to be anxious sometimes. I tend to be stressed out a lot of times. So today is not about uh, just feeling shame or condemnation. No, this is about actually walking into the life that God has for us. Here's what I believe. God created us to live in rest, and we are not called to live our life in worry. We're called to live our life in a place of constant rest. Did you know that God actually made that available to you today? If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 4. This is where we started last week, and we're going to be in verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read a couple scriptures um, this, this morning. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive, say strive, 
Another translation says labor. Let us therefore labor to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, this is Jesus talking. We've been reading this for a couple weeks now. It's, it's one of them good refrigerator scriptures. Matthew chapter 11, he says, Jesus talking, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And check this next line out. And you will find rest for your soul. Where is Jesus wanting to bring rest to you? He's actually wanting to bring rest to your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today I want to title the message, The Exchange. The Exchange. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we can get refreshed We can get renewed in your presence. And God, I just pray right now as the message goes forth, as we sit in your word, that that's exactly what would happen, that rest would come, that renewal would come, that those that feel tired would find strength, that those who who feel weak would find strength today in your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what only you can do, and that's to lead and to guide us into truth today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak more than I would speak. That, that we would hear you more than anything else today. We thank you for being you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. I want to start by asking you a question today. Um, have you ever noticed that with certain things that you do, like the harder that you try, the worse that you get? Anybody ever done something like that where it's like the harder that you try, the worse that you actually get? You see this a lot in sports, with athletes in sports. It's like there's certain sports that if you, if you really try too hard and you get too tense, like you actually get worse. And one of those sports I'm talking to you about is golf. And do we have any golfers in the room? Anybody? You know this. It's like the harder that you try, the worse that you get. I remember uh, going and, and playing golf with my dad growing up, and um, he, he kind of taught me how to play, and we would go out on the course, and he always used to say this phrase. Maybe you've heard it before. He always used to tell me, let the club do the work. Let the club do the work. And if you've never played golf, here's, here's really what this means. It means that just because you're further away doesn't mean you have to swing harder. It means pick the right club, and the club will actually get you to where, get the ball. Well, not for me, but for some people, will get the ball where you need it to be. I'm not a very good golfer. But you let the club do the work. And I'm just going to tell you this. That's really, really easy to say until you're holding a big old driver in your hand. And you have 500 yards in front of you, and there's nobody there. And you're standing over this little bitty white ball. And you know better. You know better than to swing as hard as you can. You know better than to try really, really hard. But there's just something that happens when you line up. Somebody left this for for me. Look at that. Something happens when you line up and you start to get into your backswing. And right about here, you forget every single thing you've ever heard about golf. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You try really, really hard to swing smooth. You try really, really hard not to try hard. But all of a sudden, you get to this point in your backswing, and you know what you turn into? You turn into the Hulk. (laughs) 
You try and smash the ball. You try and kill the ball. If you've ever seen the movie, you, all you can think of is Happy Gilmore. I'm going to, to blast this ball 700 yards. All I need is four, but 700 is what I'm going to do. And you know this, really the harder that you swing, the harder that you try, it never really works out for you. Most of the time when, when you swing too hard and you try too hard, you shank it. <laughs> you, uh, well, in, in some, I've, I've heard this happens in some places. If you don't get it past the ladies' tee, there's a process that happens after that. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but there's a consequence. But the harder that you try, the worse that you get. You see, it's actually when you relax. It's actually when you trust the club. It's actually when you let the club do the work that you actually hit it the way you're supposed to, that you play good. Can I just tell you this today? When it comes to our life and when it comes to the stress and the pressures and the worry that we face, the harder we try, the worse we will get. Oh, but we have a God that's on our side. And if we will let God do the work, we'll actually play good. We'll actually get the result that we're looking for. It's, it's, it's actually when we, when we relax and when we rest and we take a smooth swing, so to speak, and we get in line with God and we get in rhythm with him and we're not trying so hard to get everything right and trying so hard to get everything perfect and trying so hard to fix this issue in our life and fix this thing that we're worried about and fix this thing in our job and fix this issue that we're so stressed and feel so much pressure about. You see, the harder that we try to do things in our own strength, I'm just going to tell you the worse that it will get. It's actually when we get into a place of rest and we let the club do the work. We let God do the work. That the blessings and the promise of God, the very answer that we're looking for in our situation actually comes to pass. Are you following me today? You see, even right now, you know what I believe? There's many of you who you're going through something right now and you're worried, you're worried about a situation. You're stressed out about a situation right now as you sit in that seat. And, and I'm not a psychic. I just know people and I know me. Here's what you've probably tried to do. You've tried to work harder and harder and harder to fix it, haven't you? You've tried harder. You've tried to, to, to be a better Christian. You've tried to cut out all cuss words. You've tried to, to, to be a nice driver on the street. You've tried to be better with your husband. You've tried to be better with your kids. You're working harder and harder and harder to try and fix the issue. Guess what? It's probably not getting better. And here's why. Because God has actually called you to come to him, lay it down, and rest and trust that God will do what only he can do. This is actually kind of good news. You actually weren't created to fix the problem. You actually don't even have the ability. This is so encouraging. You, you don't even have the ability to fix the problem. God did not give you that ability in and of your own strength. Why? So that when you, when you are at a deficit, whenever you are struggling, that you would actually turn to the one who can only give you the strength that you need, who can only give you the power that you need. And you would rest in him. This is what Jesus was talking to us about in Matthew chapter 11. This is what he meant when he said, come to me. Let's read that together. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Can I just summarize this scripture? You know what Jesus is actually telling people who are carrying a heavy load, who are worried and who are weary and who are stressed out? Here's what Jesus said. Um, Trust me. That's the translation right there. Come to me. Trust me. Come to me. Bring me your problem. Come to me. Bring me your worry. Come to me, bring me that heavy thing that you are carrying. Come to me, trust me, believe in me, believe my words, believe what I said. Come to me. And if if that doesn't sound good enough, he kind of entices you. If you'll do it, guess what's going to happen? Rest. If you'll do it, I'll bring rest to your soul. And here is the dilemma. Here is the hard part. Here's where it gets kind of sticky for us. We all know we should go to Jesus. We all know he knows everything. We all know we can't do anything except through Christ who gives us strength. We've been in church. We know all these things. But there's something that happens whenever we have our issue, whenever we have our problem, whenever we're in fear, if our kids will be protected, whenever we're worried about our finances and don't know if we're going to have enough money because we have more month than we do money. And, and, and we're worried about this big decision that we're about to make in our business or in our life. And we're worried, if we're, are we really making the right decision? You see, I just want, I want to be real with you. It's really, really hard to take all those things and say, hmm, and leave it with him. Because here's what the enemy tells you. You don't care about your problem. You're lazy. You need to do something about this. The reason it got to where it is now is because you never did anything anyway. And he will lie to you, and he will condemn you, and he will shame you for trusting Jesus and resting. Yet, that's the very thing that Jesus wants you to do, is to actually bring it to him. See, this is why the title of the message is The Exchange, because you bring the problem that you are yoked to the situation that you're yoked to, and you exchange it for his yoke. It's not that we don't ever walk around with a yoke. It's just that we walk around with the right one, that we literally exchange our problem for the person of Jesus. We literally yoke up to him, and he says, hey, guess what? I got a yoke. It's easy, and it's light, and it'll actually bring rest to your soul. The question is, How do we get from here? I'm so glad I have water bottles up here or we wouldn't have a message. (laughs) How do we get from here with this thing that we're worried about, with this care that we have? How do we get from here to here? Can I tell you, this is what the Israelites struggled with. This is is the, the perfect picture of what we struggle with in our life. They were stuck in a wilderness, not willing to cross over into the promised land. Remember last week, we, this is what Hebrews chapter 4 was talking about. The promised land represented rest. It was a place of rest that God created for his people. Yet they couldn't cross over. They couldn't make the exchange. They couldn't exchange their yoke for God's yoke. It kind of sounds like yolk, like an egg, but I'm saying yoke. Yoke. 
That was funny to me. That's fine. All right, moving on. How do we actually make this exchange? Notice Jesus said, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary, carry a heavy burden. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. But then he makes an interesting statement. Then he says, and learn from me. He says to learn from him. In order for us to learn, that means somebody's teaching and somebody's listening. And what Jesus was saying is that when we come to him, in order for us to give over the very thing that we have, we actually have to be so sure and so trust in him and his promises that we're actually willing to give him the very thing that we're dealing with. We have to get into a place of trust. We have to get into a place of faith. We have to convince ourselves that even though we have more month than we do money, God is my provider. We have to convince ourselves that even though I'm scared and even though I'm fearful about my child's safety, that they rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That his hand guides them. That he sends angels out before them to pick them up so they won't even dash their foot on a stone. We have to convince ourselves that the club will do the work. We have to get into a place where we so know his word and we so know his promises and we so know what he says that we convince ourselves that what he says is way more true than what we feel. The battle, guess what? It's in our soul, which is why rest comes to our soul. Now, now let me show you this. This is why Hebrews chapter 4 says this right here. Let us therefore strive or labor to enter the rest. Hear me today. The labor takes place in the exchange. The, the, the place that you have to work. I thought you said last week, don't work. I did, but moving on. God calls us not to work. He calls us to work in his way. And the way that he tells us to work, the way that the area that he tells us to strive, the area that he actually shows us to labor in is to labor into rest. You see, the labor is in the exchange. The labor is convincing ourselves that God is more true than what we feel. The labor is convincing ourselves that even though I feel this way, God feels this way. The labor is actually grabbing hold that there is a promised land, that, he, that I can cross over and get into it, even though 10 of the spies said don't go and two did. Are you following me today? It's believing the word of God. It's believing what he said. This is why. We have to labor. This is why we have to labor. And can I just reveal this to you today? You want to know what the majority of believers labor in? They labor and they work hard in trying to fix the issue. This is what we do. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm concerned about the safety of my kids, so um, I'm sending a nanny with them to school to watch over them every single second of the day. Nobody does that. I just made that up. But, oh, or... Or I'm going to hold on to my money. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to bring my offering because if I give, then I have less. Instead of actually believing that when I give my 10%, God blesses my 90%, and I'd rather have a blessed 90% than an unblessed 100%. I'm just trying to give you examples of, of actually what this look, looks like. It actually looks like letting go. 
And instead, what we try to do is we try to work hard to fix the issue, and, 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 and I'm going to save my money, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch over my kids. I'm not going to let them go out on Friday night. Control, 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 instead of letting go, letting go, letting go. See, the, the, the process is not to work hard and to strive to fix the situation. The striving and the labor takes place to get into a place of trust and rest. We labor into the rest. We work to get into the rest. I love what John chapter 6 says. These are the, the, the disciples. They're with Jesus. And they see Jesus do this amazing thing. This, and, and here's what they say. Um, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? What should we do? Isn't this our response a lot of times? I want this, God. What should I do? And look what Jesus said. This is the only, notice the word he uses. This is the only work. This is the only labor. This is the only striving. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe. Believe in the one who sent me. Can I just tell you today, you want to know how you enter into rest? Simple. The answer is believe. How do you enter into rest? Trust. How do you enter in? How do you actually get to this place, <coughs> excuse me, where the blessing of God is just flowing in your life and you actually get what you want? You rest. Hear me today. This is kind of strong, but I want you to grab it. Unbelief forfeits rest. Unbelief will forfeit your rest. But trust, trust actually brings rest. When we trust, have you noticed this? When we trust God, we rest. You want to know why you're so restful in worship? Let me just explain this to you. You want to know why you find so much rest in worship? It's because you're singing the promises of God. You're singing the goodness of God. You're singing the power of God. And as you sing, there's something supernatural that happens. As you sing out of your mouth, your physical ears hear the words and it's creating faith and faith is getting on the inside of you. And because you have faith, because you have belief, because you have trust, guess what? Rest. That's actually what happens. It's the same principle. In fact, I even heard the Lord say this this week. One of the answers to your worry, I believe this is for a lot of people in here, one of the answers to your worry is worship. And it's easy to remember because they're both W's. Oh, I got another one. And if you'll worship while you worry, you'll win. Oh, that's good right there. <laughs> yeah, my jig on that one right there, you know. <clears throat> Didn't have that in my nose, just came. The Holy Spirit, he's good. When we don't trust, we don't rest. When we trust, we rest. I kept trying to figure out this week why, why God kept, he kept drawing me to the story of Noah. And, and I'm like, this does not fit, God. <laughs> We're talking about rest. There's a flood. Nobody's resting in a flood. Like, what are you talking about? And I just began to read. I want to just share this with you as we close today. Hebrews 11:7 says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Check this out. He says, he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. They, he had, 
when God told him this concept, hey, it's gonna rain for 40 days and 40 nights, that, that didn't even make sense to him. He had never even seen it before. And yet, Noah had so much faith that he built a boat. Even when, not, not that he just didn't see the promise yet, not that he didn't just see the thing he was hoping for. Nobody had ever seen it, ever before. It wasn't even something he could contemplate. And yet, Noah trusted. And yet, he rested. And yet, he believed. Can I just say this? We don't have to live like him because God has done it before in your life. That one thing you were worried about, guess what? He took care of it, didn't he? That one thing you were stressed about, guess what? He answered the call because he was faithful. We're not Noah sitting around having God tell us to do something we've never seen before. No, we actually can see it. We've seen it before. And we can actually rest in the finished work of Jesus, rest in his faithfulness to us. His faithfulness, it says, continues to all generations. I just wanna encourage you today. If you're looking for rest in your soul. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.